The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to NASCAR America. I'm Steve Letarte, alongside a couple new or different faces than normal. Burton <laughs> and DJ are, are off for the day, apparently. So Nate Ryan's join me, Kyle Petty. Guys, another week, another thrilling finish in the Cup Series. A duel between uh, Kevin Harvick and Danny Hamlin up at New Hampshire. But as great as Sunday was, I'm not sure what happened because the chaos started on Friday. I was up in the booth covering yeah. practice, and next thing I know, Danny Hamlin's in the fence, Ryan Newman's in the fence. A total of six backup cars over the course of the weekend. We hadn't had six backup no. cars all year, KP. What was going on? I, no idea. No idea. I think I think with this package, uh, with the horsepower, uh, with the sticky stuff on the racetrack, there were so many different changes. Um, and you're, these guys are just trying to maximize laps. There could have been stuff on the racetrack. We heard Ryan Newman and those guys say yeah. uh, there may have been something on the racetrack. But it, it's, it's been a long, long time. Uh, Daytona and Talladega are the only ones I know who you go and you go out to practice and they tear up a bunch of cars yeah. in the yeah. big one. Yeah. And then you see yeah. a bunch of people yeah. in the garage area. That's what this garage area yeah. looked and like. When was the last time we saw a driver, Alex Bowman, go yeah. to another backup yeah. car so, after so to he wrecked Alex, his backup yeah. car? I saw on yeah. social media. To, Not to totally Alex's Alex. fault. The first, the first one, car was mechanical yeah. failure. The dry yeah. shaft tore the floor right. out. The second one, that's on Alex. That one yeah. was a wreck. He had to yeah, go the back up to the back up. So we were up above. What was the what was the feeling down in the media center and through the garage area? A bunch of us went out, and of course we had to watch this happen. Going to Jimmy Johnson's car, pulling his backup yeah. out, and preparing it as the 88 for Sunday's race. I mean, that's something you never see. Should have gone. Should have gone to William Byron's. William Byron has Hertz as a sponsor, uh, oh, so like been a like a rental car. Yeah, that would have been oh, better. William Byron was in a backup car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, couldn't have gone there either. My, he, he my already, bad. My bad. He, he already he already went to President Circle and got another car at the Hertz. But guys, so that was Friday. But then I I, I feel just blessed. I mean, the NBC side half of the schedule we have had great finish oh, yeah, after great have. finish after great finish, and once again, Denny Hamlin. Kevin Harvick, Kevin Harvick on old tires, Danny Hamlin, a dominant car. I'll say runs him down, but inches his way closer yeah. in short track style. In the end lap, traffic holds up Harvick. Denny Hamlin catches him, and the last lap fascinated me. I thought Hamlin was going to move him. He kind of moved him. Harvick went back. It was a heavy battle. Here's what they thought. In this position, you just don't want to make a big mistake and big chunks of time. So, you know, for, for me, I just I, I wanted to try to hit my marks, and, and if he got to my back bumper, try to keep him back there and and 
Um, so that, that, that wound up um, being what happened, and, and, and for me, this is where the big problem started when those guys were running the line that, that I needed to run, and, and um, you know, they, they eventually move over. But like I say, when you get in the corner and get yeah. to the middle of the corner, the tar is already pointed in the wrong direction and chattering. And, and so I committed to the bottom right here, and, and um, you know, the three finally got out of the out of the gas right there and unfortunately let the 11 go right there and I could see him coming and, and right here I saw him kind of half a car length inside so I, I knew I needed to be in the middle of the track and just try not to um, get spun out or knocked out of the groove and I stayed beside him and he started he started letting off and I'm like man I really don't want him on the in, on the inside of me here I need to be in control of uh, which door goes into which door here <laughs> uh, so you know he, he, he came down right there and, and tried to get into the right rear and, and I was coming up at the same time yeah. and just knocked the front out of the out yeah. of the front of that car and and I just wanted to be in control of the door slap yeah I didn't want to be door slapped never should let him have take me outside it's my fault I wanted to just tap him there, and but I didn't want to. I didn't want to completely screw him. I at least wanted to give him a fair shot there. And then down the back stretch, uh, you know, I kind of let off, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna just pass him on the outside, and uh, you know, kind of do this thing the right way. And I don't know. Second sucks. So I don't know where to start, but let's start here. <laughs> Let, I guess let's start here. Let's remind everyone, Kevin Harvick was winless in 2019 yes, going right. into that race. Right. Danny Hamlin has wins. I think that's important because I think that affected how the two drivers raced. Kyle, of the panel, you're the driver. How did you break down those last two laps? I don't think it should affect how they race, though. That, that's the okay. difference. You, yeah. you, you, can, you can say, and, and we had this started this conversation this morning, but you, you can say it, it, it affected... But, but I don't think it should. I don't think it would have affected Kevin Harvick. That, and if Kevin Harvick had 19 wins going into that race, he's taking the 11 and he's sending him up the racetrack. I think there was a half-hearted effort uh, by Denny. And, and I think... Half-hearted to pass, you mean, no, to move yeah, him? To move him. Okay. I, I think Denny had the ghost of Martinsville and Chase Elliott in his helmet <laughs> running down because he took so much heat after Martinsville for running in the corner and, and taking, taking Chase Elliott out. At this point in time, and we heard right there on the cooldown lap, he's already second guessing himself right. on the cooldown lap. Who second guesses yourself on the cooldown lap? You just put it all on the line. Don't second guess yourself. And so there's so much going on here. I do think Kevin drove an incredibly smart race getting into that first corner. You go back and watch that. He positions himself oh, to yeah. the inside to get hit. He's shallow and straight. Yeah, shallow and straight. He yeah. never turned in. He's shallow, got on the brakes, made Denny hit him, and sent him up. He was prepared for it, where Kyle Busch wasn't last year for, for that. So, I mean, there's so much there, and I'm, I'm not sure Denny's twice the race car driver I ever was. I'm not, I will say that till the cows come home, people. This is not Kyle Petty criticizing Denny for this uh, to say I would have done anything any different because I was never in that position as much as Denny has been. At the same time, my job is to analyze it and think about being in a race car, and I just don't think Denny was prepared for that last lap. I just don't think mentally he was prepared I mean, for Denny it. Denny said what Harvick did to him in turn four yeah. by essentially turning around, but that's what Denny should have done to him yeah. going into turn should one. Have. And, and I, you know, as you said, Kyle, he was second-guessing it from the cool-down lap. After he talked to us in the interview, he talked for almost 10 minutes with a group of reporters it was almost confessional in yeah. tone. It was Which like is not a talk; it's a ramble. Yeah, he was just yeah. replaying every move, and it was great because 
it, it, you get this window into how a race car driver thinks. You get that candor. And we've talked about this before, Kyle, about the way Denny Hamlin really brings you in. Sometimes it's almost breathtaking, yeah. his honesty, yes. whether it's Martinsville in 2017, yeah. whether it's in 2010 when he let the championship get away to Jimmy Johnson yeah. uh, at Homestead Miami Speedway, whether it's Kyle Busch taking the number one pit stall from him in last year's championship finale and being so yeah. candid about what happened there. And we, we, we got real insight and a real window into how Denny Hamlin lost this race. And I think, you know, Stevie, to your point, Hamlin was asked, did the fact that Harvick doesn't have any wins and you do matter? And he said no. He said, I just, I screwed up. I think the only takeaway here for Denny Hamlin is it happened now with six races remaining in the regular season now to go. He doesn't make that mistake again, I think, this year, right? So the the mistake I think Denny Hamlin made was turns three and four. I like what he did in a turn one. He gave him a nudge into the corner to increase his speed just enough to yeah. get inside him. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm still See, on board. But, but Hamlin thinks he should have ran him the way Harvick ran Kyle Busch and but knocked I, him I out of the I groove. I don't agree, and here's I, why. Because Kevin Harvick tried to pass Kyle Busch for 25 laps and then finally gave him a shot. Yeah. That was Denny Hamlin's first trip to the four-cars bumper. And here's the mistake he made. You move him up to get the position, which, I mean, yeah. is side-by-side. Side. Do not let Kevin Harvick have the bottom down the backstretch, and it's game over. You yeah. win the race. Because if you run the bottom yeah. down there, Shouldn't he just, possibly, like Harvick, possibly. just like Harvick did to him, yeah. you just use him up on exit and you clear him to start finishing. But line. shouldn't he just do what Harvick did to Kyle Busch last it's year? It's not the same. Why not? Because Kevin Harvick had 30 laps to get by him. Okay, but if, if Denny can get there, why shouldn't he just – it shouldn't matter what happened the 25 yeah. laps prior. Yeah. Denny is there on the last yeah. lap. That's why he's second-guessing himself. Yeah. He's yeah. saying and, and this is what, if the rules are reversed, is, Harvick does yeah, that without yeah. compunction. Listen, listen that's, that's exactly right. If the, rule, if the roles are reversed, Harvick runs him down – catches him the first time he catches him there's a white flag i just went under a white flag here it is people there's a white flag yeah i got one lap i don't have an, i don't have anything else and i'm, I'm gonna say this I, i'm gonna give kevin harvick a lot of credit here and you need to point you need to take this and let your son watch this race oh yeah this is how you lead a race control a race mm-hmm. with a slower car and win a race by driving by driving by outmaneuvering by outthinking, by putting yourself kevin harvick drove a masterful last lap you can't argue that. You know what I mean? Denny made mistakes. He made Denny second-guess himself. So that's an excellent last lap. Denny should have did what Kevin Harvick did. Take care of it in one and two. You don't have to worry about three and four. You know, when, you know what I mean? When, that's that's my opinion. When you say, you know, do the circumstances affect it, I call, I call BS on the, that they don't. Because I can tell you if Denny Hamlin was still on his losing streak from a couple years yeah. ago, mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick doesn't even yeah. get off turn two. And, and exactly. I'm but, a believer in that. Yeah, now, listen, that could be. I think he hits him way but harder. I'm a, I'm a, I'll say this, too. Asking Kevin after the race in victory lane, is this the style of racing you have to run now? Know that when somebody catches you, they're going to move you. And he said, that's the way it is now. It's not like we used to race. This is the new game. Blocking, bumping, grinding, moving people out of the way. Kevin expected it. Denny didn't deliver it. And it was a big as, theme as of the weekend. Uh, yeah. Harvick said that on yeah. Friday, that if you raced the way now, the way you did yeah. 10 years ago, you would get a fist in your That's face. That's exactly right. And That's exactly right. For whatever reason, Denny, uh, yeah. I don't know if he wasn't aware that that's yeah. the way things yeah. go now. I think now he's aware. And again, like if this happens in the playoffs, I think yeah. that's the takeaway for him. He doesn't yeah. make this mistake again yeah, if it's a transfer race. But let me say this, though. Let me, And I don't think anyone here is wrong about the situation. I don't think there is a right. But I will say this. You talk about my son, right? So a 15-year-old who races. What we have in the last two weeks are the biggest stars there are, the greatest there are in NASCAR. You have two Bush brothers, two champions. You have Kevin Harvick, who's a champion. 
Denny Hamlin, who's a future Hall of yeah. Famer, we could all yes. say with his resume. Yeah. And for two weeks in a row, we've seen closing laps battle with smoke flying. And the frustration after the race is because they lost, not because how they were raced. Yeah. I think that's refreshing yeah. is my yeah, point. Is. Yeah. And in today's race, when is. we don't talk about who won, we talk about who did somebody wrong. That's why I'm okay with Denny pushing the issue like he did. We go back to the Paul Menard on Saturday. There's a conversation of how hard he hit Harrison Burton. I would have been fine if Paul Menard would have drove over the door of Harrison Burton. I was not okay because he spun him out. My point is, these race car drivers are very good. They know the difference yeah. between moving yeah. and wrecking. Exactly. And what I saw there was, what did Kevin Harvick say? He goes, he was lifting because he wanted to be behind yeah. me. And I was going to the bottom That's because right. I knew we were going to hit. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. to do the That's hitting. Right. That's spectacular. That's yeah. chess. It's so much fun to watch. It, it is. And, and But the thing is, it is the style of racing. You talk about your son. This is the style of racing your son's growing up on. Yeah. Okay? This is the style of racing that we go back and a William Byron and a, a Daniel Suarez, they're watching the greatest in the business right mm-hmm. now, just like you said. And they're like, that's the way we have to race. But NASCAR has created that with the package that we have now. Right. We don't have that old style package from when Earnhardt came along or, you know, we but go back But it's funny, like the package that. is moving over. And the reason I say that is because while we go to Michigan, it's going to look different. Yeah. Pocono's going to look yes. different. Kentucky, or excuse me, New Hampshire didn't. Yeah. We might have had more downforce, more harassment. Yeah. I don't care. Out the window, that was the same New Hampshire I've seen same for the last 15 years. So, yeah. so to your point, the new rules of racing are carrying over to tracks that that's are being right. raced how they used to. Exactly. And that's and, and that's the best way to put it. Well, so the other new rules of racing is it just doesn't happen on the racetrack. It also happens on everybody's phones, on social oh, yeah. medias as it goes back. So following the race, <laughs> Kevin Harvick's crew chief, Rodney Childers, and Danny <laughs> Hamlin had an interesting exchange. It starts with Hamlin saying, taking a little funny shot, praying to the tech gods right now, read into that what you want. Rodney obviously took a little offense to it, so it takes a very special person to say dumb stuff like that. I'm siding with the crew chief, obviously, because I've been in that stressful situation. <laughs> but yes, your car did pass. Yes, I like Danny that said, line. hey, I it's a joke, line. lighten up, don't get so defensive. Well, Roddy <laughs> Childers defensive. So let me tell everyone, they say, hey, how do you like your new job? There's a lot of moments yeah. I miss about being a crew chief, calling the race, the strategy. You know the moment I don't miss? Sunday night of being the race winner. Yeah. Because there was a lot of sleepless nights. Because let me tell you, people talk about the rule book and the gray area. There's a thousand things that aren't illegal, but you're concerned because you took it right to the edge. And if it gets bent the wrong way, it could be illegal. I understand the thing. What did you think of the exchange on Twitter? It makes the the journalist's job easier. I think the context there is the the wins that Rodney Childers had last year that were questioned in Texas and Las Vegas. He almost... They yeah. almost didn't make the championship yeah. round because they essentially had a win yeah. taken away from them at Texas, uh, getting to keep it name only. So I think that is where yeah. it triggered a little bit of uh, unpleasant memories, yeah. I think, for Rodney Childers. Whenever, even if it's in, in jest, even in jest, even if yeah, some it. things you shouldn't joke about, and, and, and you know that. I mean, <laughs> not some with thing, the crew chief. something yeah, not with the, not with the crew chief. <laughs> but I, I will say, uh, when after we did uh, Victory Lane interview, Dale Jarrett and I. Dale walked over to to Rodney Childers, and and we walked over that way, and Dale said a couple of things to him. But it looked like a weight had been lifted off Rodney's shoulders. I mean, he looked 10 years younger standing in victory lane. And isn't it amazing what standing in victory lane versus making a call, making a call, and people on Sirius Radio saying, what was that? Why is that guy on the box? You know what I mean? I mean, it's the pressure that you speak of. Okay, the best thing in the world to have is to have a race team and a driver that can win races. And the most stressful thing in the world is to have a race team and a driver that can win, win races. races. Because when you don't win, the pressure builds. But guys, this is, was just the last lap. We had a whole weekend yes. of racing. So coming up, Eric Jones and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Get into it during the race. Is there payback? I'm going to tell you, Stenhouse wasn't happy. He felt like it had happened before. 
And we'll also look into the situation at the playoff cut line. Who's in, who's out. You talk about pressure, this is pressure. And then, guys, grassroots tour heads to my home state, the state oh, of Maine. Mainers. I love a little short track racing in Maine. Right, all Maine. right here on NASCAR America. We tried to, you know, get some stage points, get some track position. It worked out for us last time. Uh, yeah, you see the 20 just ran over us there. He's he's gotten me a couple times now, so uh, he'll have one coming at, at some point. You know, when he's trying to make the playoffs. So we'll uh, we'll go get him next week at uh, at Pocono and see if we can't bring a little bit better race car. That was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and his thoughts about Eric Jones after that accident. But after all that, though, it was a big points day for Eric yeah. Jones, yeah. who left 28 points above the cut line with six races left. I'm not sure 28 is going to make me sleep very well, but Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is 77 the other way. Yeah. You see him all the way down there in 20th. Um, so before I get into the on-track stuff with Eric Jones and Ricky Stenhouse, 77 points is the 17 car looking at must win from here on out? Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I know think, if you can make I, up 77. I don't maybe. think you can make up 77. More than Not against race. the group that they're racing against. And let's, if we just go back the last two or three races, that group has done this. Wherever they all finish within three or four positions, you're not going to make 77 up unless one guy wins and the, everybody you're racing against are the, are the first three cars out. I like that word you use, group. And the reason yeah, I say that is we heard uh, Ricky Stenhouse talk about Eric Jones, but then yeah. say, well, he's done this before. Yeah. yeah. And. You know, when you look out the window and watch these races, it, it's remarkable how often the same drivers are running yeah. against each other in the same location. You know, whether it's for 5th, 10th, 15th, the 17 and the 20 end up being in that same location a lot. Obviously, Stenhouse <laughs> feels he's been on the yeah, short end, yeah. and this was not an easy, gosh, that makes me hurt just hurt. seeing it. Yeah, it did. I mean, if, if they're around each other a lot in the next six races, Stevie, I mean, 77 points is must-win territory for Stenhouse Jr., but 28 points of the good isn't exactly safe <laughs> no. territory for Eric Jones. No. So uh, I don't think, I mean, Jones said to us after the race that, you know, bring it on, essentially, yeah. is what he yeah. said to Stenhouse. Uh, and he doesn't seem worried about potentially getting knocked yeah. out of the playoffs and a retribution revenge move here, but uh, certainly that's got to be on his mind. Yeah. As well as the 20 has been running, as well as Jones has been running lately, you could see him getting a win here in the next few races. You could see him getting in on points, but yeah. if Stenhouse is sort of looming there, that's got to make but, him but I look at that, and, and I'll say this real quick. They, they run together, but when I watch see those two teams, I think uh, Stenhouse is overachieving to be able to run with the yeah. 20 and the 20 car underachieving to be back there running with Stenhouse. Honestly, when we look at the two organizations, the 20 car should be up in the right. top five and top 10 and should be solidly in. They have just had a terrible year luckwise. I will say though, if I was a crew chief in today's world, this is where my spotter would have a busy week. Cause yeah. I would say, listen, I want you to follow social media and all the headlines. So you can tell me who's mad at who. So we can at least try oh, to yeah. avoid some. Avoid and the reason yeah. I say that is because <laughs> when we look at those playoff standards, we bring them sure. up one more time. We talk about Stenhouse at minus 77 yeah. and Jones up there at plus 28, but Newman, Boyer, I don't care if you're William Byron at 61. Right. You can't get caught up in somebody else's mess. Yeah. If it happens early, you get one or two points. I mean, yeah. situational awareness for these guys is big, not just for who you're racing around, but I mean, Chris Gale said it about Jones finishing third. Like, they called strategy based on the fact that Boyer was having trouble, Jimmy Johnson was having trouble. They knew the guys they were racing in points were falling back, and that allowed them to get a little more aggressive with the pit strategy. Points so. racing is an ugly yeah. word, but an effective word. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about my man Clint drops two spots and picks up ten position or ten points or yeah, seven, seven to ten points, point, seven like points, that, something right? like that. It's crazy the way this point system works. So your situation or the group that you're racing is, 
when when Clint Boyer goes into this race, when when Clint or Newman or Jones or Johnson or Swart, when they go in, they need to know what each other is doing all day long. Their spotters need to know. Their crew chiefs need to know. This guy's had trouble. I can do this. I'm going to stay out and gain these stage points. That's going to put me here. Whatever it may be, you've got to sacrifice the 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 war to win some of these battles to get to the final place. Well, it's not just situational awareness. The other thing the drivers, the crew chiefs, and the spotters need to know are the rules. Oh yeah. And they came That's into the they came That's into question with Eric Jones. He had a little bit of an issue with the commitment line late in the race. I think I committed. You did. Damn it. Damn it. Just come, man. Damn it. Okay. Just calm down. You're all right. Yeah, just stop talking. We're fine here. Get your mind right. We're all good. Get your mind right. All right, so this caused a lot of controversy. Yeah. A lot of people started a different way. Let me just clear it up. Let me explain the rule. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I would love to say that. Is that all the you rules. cleared it up yesterday? Well, yes, like I did yesterday. I'm going to try okay. to do it again. Okay, let's do it. So when I was a crew chief, I had a lot on my plate. I maybe didn't know them all, but the commitment line is very simple. There's an orange box. To come to pit road, you must have all four tires below the orange box, yeah. like the 12 does, like the two in front of him does. You see Eric Jones, he turns right and splits the orange box. Yes. If all four tires are not below the orange box, you are free to go back to the racetrack penalty free. While it fails the, the vision test, yes. it doesn't fail the rules, test. the rules test. The reason it's confusing is that until about a year or two ago, that would have been a penalty. Two years yes. ago. That, yes, two that, years that ago. would have been a commitment. And that's why Eric Jones thought he had yes. screwed up. That's why yeah. the team yeah. initially but, but thought like, NASCAR's you're in trouble. defense, the reason they, they changed, changed it, it. Yeah. is because it changed at every track. Right. Yeah, Where right. The, and finally, they're like, okay, right. timeout. Timeout. This is too hard. This is the rule. So, so to be clear, if you have all four tires below and you go on the track, that's a yeah. penalty. If you don't have all four tires below and you come down pit road, that's a penalty. Yeah. Um, I saw a tweet you were mentioned in, though. You said, well, then, if that's kind of silly, why would guys just not do it all the time? Because the one other footnote, though, is you have to maintain your spot in line. Yeah. So if I'm a lead lap car and you're going to play that game, guess yeah. what I'm going to do? I'm going to accelerate and fill that gap. And yeah. you're not going to get back up in line. Back, you see that big gap that the 20 has right there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If those other three or four cars, I can't quite tell who they are, they need to fill that gap. Yeah. If they're paying attention That's and fill negative. that gap, then, yeah. then your position is lost. But why not just throw Deeks more often? And, you know, if, if you're the, the, the leading car, why not just always fake? Why not well, drive over the middle box? Here's why not. Because NASCAR would make a rule and you wouldn't be able to do That's it. That's what anymore. Jones essentially yeah. said when I asked yeah. him yesterday. I was yeah. like, did you stumble into some sort of gamesmanship yeah. here where maybe you could just always drive over the commitment box? And he yeah. said, maybe, but NASCAR might not yeah, be too happy. Stupidity about is never gamesmanship. Okay. That's a little harsh. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, but no, but listen, I don't like, listen, I'm fine with the rule. I don't like the game of shit because I don't even like the stupid code words they yeah. all use. Yeah. Like, I, like, let's try to keep this simple. I think they make it more complicated than they should. But to everyone's defense, it fails the eye test. Yes, it does. Even Steve O'Donnell, I had this conversation. He's like, look, it was, it's clear cut. Here's the rules. I mean, I, I agree with you. Yeah. He goes, but I will admit it looks odd. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and there are like things like that in a lot because of sports. He, because it looks odd because he can turn right and he's safe. If he right. turned left, then it's a penalty. a penalty. Then it's yeah. a penalty. And that's why it looks odd because we've seen so many times somebody cut it and turn left and right. come down pit road. Now you're called on it. If you have a box and a boundary yes. and you're going over it, yes. it just it doesn't look. It yeah. seems over like it should be is, one side or the other, the other. side. Yeah. And then somebody Good else point. said, well, Good how point. about a cone? And I was like, have you ever yes. seen a race car hit a cone at yeah. 160 miles an hour? You don't want to see it. Well, anyway, you think that now. was don't important. The it. turn to the right. Well, coming up, we'll look at the race's turning point, which ultimately led to Kevin Harvick's victory at Loudoun. I'm going to give you a little hint. It's not exactly what you think it is.
Michael Shrek Morneau, tire carrier for Kevin Harvick, number four Bush Ford. Man, it was a battle up and up and down day. You know, it was all about track position, and we just happened to get out front there at the end. Harvick with the advantage. He'll hold him up. Harvick wins again in New Hampshire. Great call by Ronnie Childers. It's nothing like winning at home. Oh, my buddy Shrek from Oxford, Maine, <laughs> home of the Oxford 250. Yes. Big. Uh, you talk about uh, grassroots. That's a track I grew up racing at. But, guys, we talk about how these, these drivers win races. And on Sunday in New Hampshire, there was a lot of opportunities to come down pit road, to not yeah. come down pit road. And that really brings us to the turning point of the New Hampshire race. You heard it right there. The great call by Kevin Harvick to stay out. But, guys, that's not really where it started. It actually started back well earlier in the race. This is towards the end of the second stage. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., hard impact in the wall. It brings the caution out. Why this matters is because from here, everyone can make it to the end on one more stop. But if you come down pit road, you are definitely not going to store stage points. So the front runners, the leaders of the race that want to race for the win, they pit right here. Kevin Harvick comes and gets his tires. Yeah. Denny Hamlin comes and gets his tires. Kyle Busch, who has basically dominated the race, also comes and gets his tires. The problem with that, though, KP, is now you have that 10-lap sprint to the end of the stage, and as a driver, buddy, I need you to somehow keep all four tires on it. No damage. Kyle Busch wasn't so lucky. Yeah, Kyle Busch was not lucky. Um, got into it. We, we see right here with Kyle Larson. They get together. Now he's got a tire rub, so it takes him out of the pit sequence that he was just that they just put themselves in. Yeah. So now at the end of stage two. Right. The 18, who was going to control the race, has to pit right. for the damage. That seems simple, right? With the end of stage two, but that hands the control of the race over to Denny Hamlin, Nate. And when Denny had the lead, he really took over. Yeah, he really did. He, he drove away from the field in a backup car, in a car that he said was just phenomenal. Uh, from the time the team started working on Saturday, he had the big lead and uh, was really in control. In control, but right now, you know what he's hoping? Hit my marks, no yellow. Hit my marks, no yellow. If I'm a crew chief on top of the pit box, please don't make me make a decision. <laughs> yes, Can this thing please, please just please. run green? Well, in NASCAR's way, that's not how it works. And guys, there's been a lot of yellows people haven't liked over the years. NASCAR has been great about calling yellows when they're needed. Kyle Larson needed one. He about ended up on the other side of the safer barrier. Heavy damage on the 42 car. Now we're going to have a sprint, right? There's about 36 laps to go in the race right here. I was asked by Rick Allen when this caution came out. He looked at me point blank. He said, all right, crew chief, you're Danny Hamlin. What do you do? Yeah. And I said, you have to come get two tires. There's 18 cars on the yep. lead lap. Um, if you stay on the racetrack, I think 17 guys will pit. Yes. And you're a sitting duck. I love the call from Denny Hamlin. But Rodney Childers in the four car, <laughs> they don't even come down pit road. They don't even come, man. And, and you know what? We talked to Rodney yeah. Childers when he made this decision. Yes. Listen to his interview. This, is, this tells what his mindset was. You know, it is what it is. We almost missed our pit box there a little bit ago. We lost some track position, and, you know, it's just too hard to pass today. You're not going to get up there. We came to win the race, and, um, you know, if we had to come put two tires on right there, we're going to start seventh and not win. So uh, we'll either win or we'll fall back to seventh again. The other thing he said is we're going to learn right away because yeah. it's about the first few laps yeah. after the restart. Kevin Harvick gets a great restart, and then we talked about the closing lap, yeah. Danny Hamlin and all that. So, so much to talk about. First of all, I, I want to make sure everybody understands Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin were put in that position because 161 laps ago, Before, right. yes. the decision to pit at yeah. lap 140. And, exactly. and I want the fans to understand there were cars that needed to stay out because they needed points. There's a lot yeah. of people that don't understand the stages. This storyline would have never existed without the stages. When that caution came out at lap 140, mm -hmm. the whole field would have pitted, yeah. and it would have been follow the leader on pit road, follow the leader on the racetrack. The stage completely changed the complexity of this race. Right, because you had nine cars that stayed out to get stage points. Seven of those don't have wins this year. Yeah. So, obviously, 
they're worried about points to make the playoffs. Yeah. So they stay out, play the stage point game. And again, Harvick and Hamlin, that put them on essentially the winning strategy. Would have put Kyle Busch on the winning strategy exactly. if not for that caution yes. right at, or uh, yeah. tire rub he picked Tyra. up right after. And, and KP, I would stand and applaud, but the director would get mad if I stood here at the desk. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Childers, thank you. Yes. Because I am the first guy to say, why do crew chiefs call races not to lose them? Yeah. Can someone please call them yes. to win one? And Ronnie Childers, he called to win he, that race. Yeah. And, and, and if we go back to, to pre-race in an interview with, with Kevin, and the question was, this, you know, you won here last year. You, this got to be a place you circled. And he's basically said, to paraphrase, we circle every week. We I go to win it. every week. And that's what they came. And that's what Rodney was saying. We're going to win or we're going to run seventh. That's what we came here to do. They're not points racing. They're not doing. And, and that is the strategy aspect of this sport now fascinates me because there are multiple races going on out there. We've got guys that, that come and they're going to win. They want to win every week. Kyle Busch, yeah. uh, Kevin Harvick, guys like Kurt Busch, guys like that. Then we've got another group and they're back here on the bubble. They're points racing right now. And they're only racing four or five other guys. And then you've got these other guys that are trying to prepare for the playoffs. Then you've got another group of guys that are just there. Uh, so it, it's well, it's a fascinating field. And points racing is kind of like saving money in a rainy day fund. Yes. You don't know if you're going to need them or not. That's Eric exactly Amarola right. was one right. of those teams right. that, yeah. that hurt their track position to get some stage points. They ended up winning that stage. Right. And everybody could be like, oh, but he's plus 98. But like, yeah, ask Clint Boyer. He was yeah. plus 70-something yeah. a few weeks ago. you got to make sure you have that rainy day fund yeah. if you have a bad race. I mean, what confounds me still is 18 cars in the lead lap, three cars stay out. Yeah. Usually the conventional wisdom is whatever the leader does, at least yeah. half the cars in the lead lap yeah. do the opposite. So as soon as the 11 hits the pits, I'm stunned that there aren't nine cars that stay out and just do the opposite yeah. because there's only 35 laps to go in the race. Yeah. You're making my head hurt, Nate. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I know, Listen, I, I stand up there. You can't fathom like, it. You can't fathom it. I can't. But I will say the races are much clearer Yeah. all the way up in the booth. I've always said that. Like, crew yeah. chiefs, they're, they're required by rules to be on the pit box. That's why they don't do it. But if the crew chiefs could be an offensive coordinator position up above yes. where the spotters are the and board. see the whole chessboard, man, they would be yeah. way better moving the chess yeah. pieces. I think uh, the world's going to change. I think somebody up there other than the spotter is going to start relaying information, try to help these guys call the races. Because I think the decisions are bigger than perhaps one guy can make. But and you heard it here first. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to name that position. But coming up, next stop on our grassroots tour, head to Vacation Lane. Where's that? Well, that's my home state, the state of Maine. We'll check it out when you come back. Welcome back. Well, today we're heading to my home state, everyone, the state of Maine and my home track, Beach Ridge Motor Speedway in Scarborough, Maine. Guys, big names have raced to this track, which opened back in 1949. Names like Bobby Allison, even the man to my left, Kyle Petty, has raced at Beach Ridge. It's also known for its handmade checkered flags that are given to race winners. More than 4,000 have been given away. My father actually has one in his garage. And there's also plenty of variety with four unique nights of racing, including Car Wars, which takes place every Friday night in August. I thought Car Wars was just basically short track racing, but uh, I love this idea, right? When you talk about home tracks, it's not just the super late models, it's anything that entertains fans. They're pretty entertaining to me. I like the, the Car Wars and Day of Destruction. I'm loving Car Wars right here. Yeah. This, this has Rutledge Wood written all over it. <laughs> oh, I, let me just say that. I know, and as you can see right here, one unique thing to Scarborough, oh. you're looking around, you don't see a wall now. Oh, look at this right here. Yeah. 
You know, there's a wall in the front stretch and the back stretch. No walls in the corner. No walls in the corner. I, was, I went over three when I was up there. Did you hit the sand pile? I, I went over and got it off somehow and then drove back on. They, I came back in. Just yeah. to be clear, the drove back on is normally where it gets the okay. sketchy. Yeah, that's but, the sketchy part because but, it's like there's no turn signals in racing. Well, guys, <laughs> so, so Beach Ridge is my home track, but this is a great campaign. It's Listen, it's over yeah. our shoulders. My track, my roots. These billboards have been sent. These little placards have been sent to short tracks all across the country. And this is the best part. When you see guys from Victory Lane yeah. right here, this is Devil's Bowl up in Vermont. A big uh, dirt modified win. That's pretty impressive for sure. And all of these different ones that get sent in, I think it's a great campaign. We see a bunch of cool tracks. Here's another one, KP. Yeah, Lenko's Clyde Martin Memorial Speedway. That's What's that long. saying? That's a business card. Uh, that, that is a business card right there. <laughs> but that's cool because they hold the banner up, and that's what we want. That's what we want here at NBC is to see these my. My track, my roots. Tell us about your racetrack. Tell us what's going on there. Uh, and if you've got car wars, please send it in if you've got car wars. And a huge supporter, Nate, Tony Stewart, for good reason. He is the owner of Eldora Speedway. And this last weekend, the King's Royal, hashtag my track, my roots, Brad Sweet. If there's money on the line with a dirt car, he's going to win it. Yeah. He won it this weekend. If you've never been to Eldora, it's a must. But but simply yeah. put, it's not just Eldora. It's just not Beach Ridge. Yeah. We, we could have shows upon shows upon shows about all of these great tracks all across the country. That's all we want yeah. you to do. Go out, yeah. send us some tweets. I got to see it in person at Thunder Road in Barrie, oh, yeah. Vermont last yeah. Thursday. Oh. I got to see Christopher Bell there racing yeah. the governor of Vermont. And uh, the My Track, My Roots campaign was very much yeah. a part of that night. It was really cool. cool. If you had some footage from Thunder Road from like 1987 to 91, see you'd Steve see Le- like an eight or nine-year-old Steve LaTarte <laughs> sneaking into the pits and running around all the hills there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is. It's great. It's great. Go shoot us some footage. Tell us about it. But guys, coming up, we're going to look at the current playoff picture in the Cup Series. Whose bubble is about to burst? I'm telling you, the pressure is building. Yeah, man, three top tens in the last five races. It's, it's so cool, and oh, I feel so much better because we, we had not really good luck to start the season off, and not, just things just didn't fall our way. Now it's so nice to show when we, you know, things go right, and we can execute and show our strength, and especially places like this, you know, we have off the all time and whatnot. It just uh, allows us to flex our muscle. Kind of a sloppy day, in my opinion, but it was a good day. It uh, got good stage points in the first stage and, uh, you know, finished well at the end, but uh, the Stanley Camry was good. I mean, you know, all day I, I felt like we were close. We just needed to get up front and never quite did it, never quite got the lead. But, uh, you know, we were there. And, again, you know, up in the top five, you can't complain. And especially the points we gained today, it's, it's good. To pass as many cars as we did today was, was really a lot of fun. Probably the most fun I've had in a race car in a long time. And proud of, uh, proud of everybody, proud of everybody's effort to, uh, to uh, get us up towards the front. If we had another restart or two, I think we would have had something for them. But that's neither, neither here nor there. So just uh, proud of making uh, making something out of what could have been nothing. Had a good points day, which I'm here to win. We got to second there, but the 11 was really fast. And uh, I just was, we were kind of fighting between this loose exit, tight center. Just couldn't really get that dialed in. I was just kind of tight at the end and couldn't keep going forward. But um, overall, I'm proud of the Menard, Sylvania, Ford Mustang, proud of the 12 group. Just missed it this weekend. So, um, you know, missing it and we got the second in the stage and, uh, and a ninth overall. We cut our losses the, the best possible. We executed the best we can with the car that we had. We just were off. So we will uh, go back and um, figure out what we learned. We learned a lot. We learned what not to do, which a lot of times is as valuable as anything. We've been trying all year. You know, It's not like we can just magically flip a switch and all of a sudden have, have more. We've been able to run the top five, and we need to get back to doing that is, is really what it boils down to. 
Well, guys, Jimmy Johnson is in dire straits when it comes to the playoff picture after back-to-back 30th. Yes, back-to-back 30th place finishes. Um, not good. Currently 17 points below the cut line. And when I look at all of the playoff drivers, KP, he lost the most, losing 27 yeah. points at New Hampshire. And you heard him there. I actually thought they had an okay car, not a great car. Called a good race. Kevin gave him some chance there. And then up the track he went and... Sounds like a, I don't want to call it freak, but some sort of mechanical failure on the front of the engine with the water pump. The same thing I think might have happened to the nine. I'm, I can't yeah. confirm that, but two watering issues at Hendrick Motorsports. Guys, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Johnson's year so far? I mean, this this is just like, I feel like we've talked it to death, but yeah. but we're waiting for something to change. Hey, yeah, listen, we're, we're waiting for good news. So is Jimmy. But, but you know, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's like that, that interview to me, is I've not seen an interview like that. And that was just a piece of it. That was just a piece of it. But that whole interview, you kept waiting for him to grab something and show you a little bit of hope. But there was no hope in that interview. And I think that's, I think to me, that was it. If we listen to Joey Logano, if we listen to some of those other drivers, they were hopeful that they were going to get better, hopeful that we know what's wrong with. Jimmy was just there. Um, and out of, a, out of a guy like Jimmy Johnson, that speaks volumes what wasn't said more so than what was. I, in, in 18 seasons of racing in Cup, I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard like a sense of resignation yes. in Jimmy Johnson's yeah. voice, and that would be one of them. One of them. I mean, yes. Two of his seven championships, he won because of mental fortitude. Like yes. he out, outsmarted, outwitted Jim, uh, Denny Hamlin in 2010. 2016, he didn't have the best car, but he willed that team to the win with Chad Knauss and got the championship that year. I feel like it sounded from that interview as if we're as good as we've been all year, and I don't know if we can get better, and I don't know if it's going to be good enough. So, so we have a lot of drives we want to cover, but I want both y'all's opinion on this because I'm not sure if the Jimmy Johnson fans should yeah. be happy or sad for this statement. Our number one goal is to make the playoffs so we will points race. So you mentioned Jimmy Johnson, won seven yeah. championships. The man knows how to collect points, right? They wasn't all in this heads-up battle. So, so blanket statement, should the fans say rejoice He's got a points race. He's the best ever. He'll get enough points. Or should they say, oh, no, we don't even think we can win. Now we're points racing. Yeah. Oh, no, we don't think we can win. Now we're points racing. Jimmy Johnson is just talking about making the playoffs. He's not talking about winning the playoffs. He's just talking about making. There's a huge difference in making yeah. and winning. And I don't, from listening to that interview, I don't know if yeah. you, you hear that there's a win yeah. in the next six races waiting for him. Yeah. I don't know if he can make it on points. I think yeah. they have to win. And from that interview, I don't know if he thinks the team is in a position. Well, it's right a now. tough road. Watkins Glen, Bristol, oh, yeah. Pocono. I can list the tracks that make it very, very difficult. How about Ryan Newman? Car was good. Drove up to the front. Engine issue. One of maybe a hundred that actually gets fixed on pit road with a coil wire. <laughs> and I thought, and that's not going to help. He's still going to be stuck in the back. Clap. Not Ryan Moon. Overachiever of the week. A plus. Uh, I, I'm telling you, man, huge. Uh, he, I, I don't care whether you were Kyle Busch. I don't care whether you were Martin Truex. He ran you door to door as hard as I've seen him run in a long time. And he's a hard guy to pass. That's his reputation. Uh, but that was a stellar, stellar day. That was the Roush of old. That was the Ryan Newman of old. That was a glimpse in, in what he was and what he could be. And in a backup car. Yes, and in a backup yeah. car. It's Plus been the story of the points. season. Gained 23 points. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, you know, we just talked about the turning point and how it all changed. Nothing went right. When he was on pit road with the hood up, that yeah. was lap 205. Yes. Less than 100 to go. And Ryan Newman was the blue-collar Ryan Newman. He pulled the belts tight. I tell you, it was good to see. There were moments this year where I'm like, man, it just doesn't look like the same frustrating Ryan Newman. No. You gave him a car, and he yeah. showed up. So I was, I was entertained yeah. for sure.
Yeah, I mean, it feels like he sees the playoffs there, yes. and he has gone into gritted out every week, yeah. every race mode, and I, I feel like he's a solid bet at this yeah. point. So who, who are we most concerned at on the playoff leaderboard? Do you have someone? I mean, I'd be worried about Clint Boyer and Kyle Larson, even though Larson is 31 points to the good. I mean, I, I think it was somewhat inexplicable that the restart where he got in trouble and crashed for the first time when he was trying to pass Alex Bowman on the apron here. Uh, going into turn one. I mean, again, like I said earlier, like Eric Jones finished third because his crew chief was aware that the bubble guys were having problems, aware they could be more aggressive with piss strategy. I, I don't know if Kyle Larson's being told, hey, the guys around you in the points are having bad days. You, you don't need to like race over your head to try to get a, a great finish here. Let's just gut this out and get the top 10 because he goes from, uh, he's still 31 points uh, ahead of the cut line. But he only gained eight points in this race, and yeah. he essentially gave away probably 20 right there. Yeah, right there. I need someone to lead this race team. That's right. Great it's point. gotten to the point where, um, you know, in any sport with any team, you have to compete to the talent in which you have. So if you have a great running back, you run the ball. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, Tom Brady, you throw the ball. Well, Kyle Larson, there's never a doubt about aggression, and there's never a doubt about raw talent and ability, yet they cannot connect all those to see continued success. Someone has to take the reins of this race team. When we see Kyle Busch make a mistake, Adam Stevens does not let up no. one bit. He will step on the pedal and control that 18 yeah. car. I need somebody to control this 42. They, they can't. Kyle Larson has proven he cannot be the leader and the driver. He's a heck of a driver. Yeah. Let him be the driver. Okay, but I, I will say this. I, I think that, that Kurt Busch, the other part of that team, he has stepped up and taken a lead, leadership yes. role on that team. And... and as a result of that, has taken control of the race team itself, Ganassi Racing. We heard some comments from Kyle where he said, I just drive. So you bring your Daytona car to Martinsville, I just drive. I don't know a lot about the car. Kyle does all that. Get involved. Get, get in. Understand the situational awareness that we talk about. Know who you're racing. Understand it. Study the sheep. Sleep on this sheep. I don't need you telling me. I don't need my crew chief telling me, oh, my God, Eric Jones is a guy I'm racing. Clint Boyer is a guy I'm racing. I should be smart enough to see that and, and react to it and do something. But he was going for the win when he made it three wide. I mean, Mike Bugaravich and Clint Boyer, they need to have this conversation. Yes. Yeah, they we do. We talk about points racing with Jimmy Johnson. We talk about situational awareness, all the buzzwords right. we've continued to use. Right. Inexplicit why that 14 car pits at that lap 140. They didn't have a winning car all weekend long. Go get some stage points. Yeah. He puts them in the back. Then they get in an accident. One more just one more example of a car not gaining points, and this 14 car is in a bit of a spiral. Again, I know Martin Truex Jr. was frustrated with Boyer because he's taking it three wide here uh, in this crash. And the thing about the crash, again, is the timing. I mean, they're only, yeah. what, five laps left in the stage. They yes. know the yellow is coming, and like, why race that hard with the, and with the stage? And 14th about and 15th at that right. point in line, time. What, what, what are you doing right there? Well, I do give you a little bit of good news. You want that? Yeah, let me have some. You can ask him yourself because on Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday's edition of Motormouth, we will be joined by none other than the original Motormouth, Clint Boyer, my buddy. He will be here. We're going to have to open up phone lines early that day, 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on NBCSN. Call in, talk to the man. There's no telling what he might say. Coming up next, shout outs. Ah, oh, no, this is crazy. I am enjoying this right now. Let's do this! Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah, we coming around. 
Oh, that was the joyride with Jeff Burton. That is Sunday morning with the cars on track yes. right before the race. That is Paralympian David Brown. This gentleman blind, and he's a yeah. sprinter. Unbelievable. So I think he was counting down the yards, going down the straightaway. It was crazy, man. He knew when he was coming about the was, corner to be on the straightaway. It was it's so great, great, so great. great. And yeah. to hear his sensors all cool. take over. But, guys, it's time for shout-outs. Um, we had to show you that leading into it. That was a great yep. shout-out for sure. But how about this? I got one for you. It's an iRacing shout-out because this Thursday, 5 p.m. on NBCSN, I'm going to be on here. I'm going to be helping covering it. It's a live iRacing all-star race. If you've never seen it, tune in. I'm telling you, it is captivating. It's going to be a great show. Okay, my shout-out's to Keelan Harvick as he kisses the lobster. Uh, I think it was a thing between Kevin and him. They'd been fishing in one of those big states that nobody lives in, Wyoming or Montana, <laughs> one of those. And he wouldn't kiss or hold a trout, so he had to kiss the lobster. Well, Keelan should go talk to yeah. Denny. Denny wouldn't even hold the lobster. Yeah, Keelan's that's true. Right. It's true. It's so true. Maybe he did hold it, but he didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, my shout-out, if you read Dustin Long's Winners and Losers on NBCSports.com slash NASCAR, you will know one of the winners was Parody. Kevin Harvick made it seven winners in the past seven NASCAR Cup yeah. races, so... A little bit of a stretch of uninterrupted uh, yeah. well, So let's continue it. Let me see. We got, uh, what do we got? Six races. Pocono, the Glen, Michigan, Bristol, Darlington, Indy. Every different style track there is. There's been seven for seven. Do we get different winners? How many new winners do we get between okay. now and the playoffs? Listen, listen. For Pocono this weekend, we, we talked about it earlier. I've got William Byron for that one. So there's, yeah. there's your eighth for me. I'll, I'll take Eric Jones. I think he yeah. breaks through at some point. Yeah. Maybe Bristol. I think Eric Jones could absolutely break wow. through. Guys. Yeah. It's been a great show. Yeah. It was a great weekend. New Hampshire didn't disappoint. Kevin Harvick, we knew it was going to happen. What happened? He broke through, went to Victory Lane. Keelan, loving on that lobster. <laughs>